coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, guys, we are back. Nice little NRL finals preview slash bracket slash what to expect. We break it all down. We're joined with Liam. How are you, mate? You're back, back in the hot seat? Yeah, back here. Finals time, baby. Um, we've had a good year on the playbook. You know, we got you in for the season preview, some chat around origin and stuff. Um, yep. Got you in for our, ex- our season predictions, top eight, you know, um, and we're finally here. You've enjoyed the season. It's Yeah, it's been great. Um, I think even from eight weeks ago, wherever or whenever we did it, like things have changed massively um, in the game that, you know, teams that we thought were certainties for the finals are now hanging on by a thread. Yep. So, great. Is it fair for me to say, this just popped to my, my head, for me, this is the tightest or toughest top eight or best top eight I've seen in, since I can remember, oh, maybe the last four or five years. Like the quality compared to last year, if, if you look at it this way, last year, Titans finished, eight, um, Titans finished eighth. I think they had a 10 and 14 record and they made the finals. This year, we're going to see a team essentially with 13 or 14 wins miss out. So that gap, we've talked about it probably since 2020, since the new rules came in. Some teams adapted to the rules and just shot out of a cannon. Other teams struggled. We talked about the big gap. I feel like it's closing, maybe the top nine, 10 teams. It's pretty competitive. Is that fair? Yeah, I definitely think so. I, looking at the matchups, we, um, we could have if things uh, go the way many are predicting. Um, it's, there's no bad match. There's no bad team in, in this eight. Uh, like you touched on last year, t- Titans and even Newcastle to a degree last year, yes. they felt like um, also rans. They were there to make up the bottom two in the num- in in the eight. Yep. Whereas this year, it's no every team in that eight is you know capable of of achieving something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would say the gap has closed, and for those teams down the bottom, just look at what the Cowboys have done this year. It, you can go from, you know, sitting right near the bottom to right up the top um, very quickly if you get things right. That's the, that's the perfect. That's the, that's the big thing, like getting things right, whether it's a new coach, just having these new systems and, yeah, it, it can reap the rewards for sure. So I think we'll quickly dive in. This was your top eight at the start of the year, mate, when I talked yep. to you. Yep. Um, in any order. Roosters, Seagulls, Eels, Panthers, Storm, Sharks, Raiders, Rabbitohs. I think most people would have had Roosters, Eels, Panthers, Storm. They were probably locks. Manly, they've just crumbled. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Or it's Yeah, I mean, it was just a case of, you know, every second year it seems to be that there's an issue with Tom or, or Manly and they fall back down to where they were. and. Yeah, they, they just crumbled. And, yeah, you know, and I think once the 
saga with the jerseys happened. They they can deny it all they want, but it, it fractured the team. Um, it's it split them up, and um, you, you need harmony to playing good football, and they they just lost that. Um, you know, I I think they can get back to being a top eight contender next year. They they obviously lose like a foreign and and uh, I think some other players, but yeah, we'll see how Tom goes. But yeah, they they've been one of the big disappointments. Yep. I'm actually really, personally, I'm really concerned, like, internally what's going on there. And it's all rumours and stuff. Desi, we're not going to dive down that alley right now. But if, things, if it's a murky off-season for them, oh, yeah. I would not want to be a Manly fan. So a team I want to touch base on, the Sharkies. Yeah. Phenomenal. Playing on Sunday. We're obviously recording this podcast Saturday morning. They're playing tomorrow. They win against the Knights. They finish top two, home final week one. Um, did you expect this good? Because your predictions, you were sitting, you said six, seven, eight, roughly, and I had the same. Yeah, I, I think I was just like, this is a team that under uh, a new exciting head coach in Craig Fitzgibbon and uh, the arrival of Nico Hines, Dale Finuke, and Ken McInnes, I was there like, this is a team that should make the eight. And I was, my expectations for them were, yeah, around that six, seven, probably. A team that will push for a top four spot, um, and maybe come up a bit short, but no, they, they've they've been fantastic. Um, they've been really consistent, and they've really pushed those top teams. You uh, Penrith, here, Paras, um, and I think they really deserve to finish in that second spot, get a home final. Beautiful, mate. Two more teams to touch base on, and then we'll roll into our little bracket breakdown. I think we have to rip the bandaid off here, mate. The Broncos. We did the show about four or five weeks ago. Yeah, this is you had them in that top tier, and I was with you. They were sitting yeah. fourth. They've crumbled, and they're most likely going to miss the finals. Maybe we put this podcast out on Monday morning, and we've totally got it wrong. But I think they're going to miss the finals. They're going to finish ninth. But to your credit, mate, you said they might be able to jag a spot. But you said I wouldn't be surprised. You know, nine, ten, eleven for the Broncos, and that's probably where they're going to finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a weird one if you're oh. a Broncos fan because. The team exceeded expectations um, for most of this season um, and maybe, maybe pushed for a top eight. And then all of a sudden they're a top four team and we're saying, well, and you know, everyone's saying, well, if they get on a good run, this is a team that can, can win the whole thing. But then, yeah, they, they've, they've just fallen right off um, the last month and a bit. Uh, and... and not just losing, but losing badly to the point where um, the whole reason that they will probably miss the eight is because of the points differential that they have lost um, and allowed Canberra to make up. 110 uh, points yeah. in the last two weeks or something? Oh, yeah, something r- ridiculous that it wasn't even in the conversation a few weeks ago that they'd be in danger of missing out. It's, it's, all, it's like 2021 Broncos, isn't it? Like yeah. defence-wise, I... I is it something internal? Obviously, things are murky. Things are coming out. Coaches sprays, da da da. Yeah, I, it hasn't helped this week with uh, Tyson Gamble's comments. Um, it feels like the yeah issues within that team at the moment. Carrigan, um, he's obviously misses games, but he he doesn't stop 110 points. No, I I just don't understand because they were a defensive force, like mm. decent anyway. Yeah, so I think Kevy's really. Um, going to be looking for answers in the off season now. Like you said, there's every chance that they slip into that eight spot. Um, but I, I, I mean, even if they do, they they go to Melbourne where they 
I copped a battering against them a few weeks back. Um, so it's, it's a real issue that they need whatever's gone. Spot on. I just don't understand how... Well, not understand, but if they were down the bottom of the table and slowly worked their way up through the year and they finished like ninth or 10th, people are going, fucking great season. This is improvement. I think yeah. they finished 14th last year. Yeah, sounds better. Um, and, you know, they've slowly worked their way up. But they were sitting fourth and they've crumbled. It's a, it's a disappointment. Yeah. And we're going to... That's what's going to be in our mind now. It's like, what a failure this was. And really, they've jumped, you know, five or six positions on the ladder. Exactly. It's, anyway, it just scratches my head. but. The last team before we break things down, the Raiders. We got crucified for this, mate. And we're going in early. We're going a day early, but I'm risking it. I'm yeah. risking it. Uh, and they're sitting in eighth right now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're crossing our fingers. They get the win. They should, yeah, should play week one of the finals against Melbourne. What a year it's been. Mm. Obviously, the Ricky Stewart drama. They've lost their, their starting hooker, Hodgson, in week one or two. Yeah, very early on. Fogarty, new signing. I was I love Fogarty. He's so high. I thought this is going to unlock yep. Jackie Boy White, and he goes down preseason, or and they've just managed to put it together. So yeah, any any thoughts on the Raiders, mate? It hasn't been pretty, but they've got it done. No, exactly. And um, the their last six, seven weeks, whatever this run they've been on, um, they've been a really exciting team to to watch. Um, and I think big test for them. The game against Newcastle where they fell behind and it was just like, oh, here we go again with the Raiders. But they managed to turn that around and I think um, that showed where they were as a team, that they could get themselves out of, out of that issue. Um, to me, they're the more interesting um, prospect of a team go- going into the finals rather than the Brisbane because they're just on the opposite trajectory. They're heading straight up. Um, they win this week against the Tigers, which they should, but, it, you know, Anything could happen in that last game. Um, they go into finals with a hell of a lot of confidence against a Melbourne team, which is a bit down on it. Mm. No, I agree, mate. Spot on. So before we get into our breakdown, just a little, if, if you're struggling out there, you're down in the dumps, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. V, the Bender Mender, wild cranberry, delicious, 100% natural. Get in, dominate. You're going to feel better. And it's simple with Dr. V. You're going to be better. Liam, mate, you've come in. Big yeah. night on the tools working overtime, preparing yeah. for the potty. You've oh, had a yeah. sip. Oh, it's great, mate. I love this. I've seen, seen it around. Man, try it. And you got, it, got me onto it. And I, <laughs> I love it, honestly. Delicious. There it is. So we're going to help you out. DrV.com.au. It's simple. Promo code PATTY, P-A-T-T-Y. And you're going to get 20% off. So Dr. V, be better. Let's break down our finals bracket, mate. So. Panthers, Sharks, we're assuming, and there's obviously still games, but how it's going to unfold. Panthers, Sharks, Cowboys, Eels, Storm, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Canberra. 1v4. Who have you got? Panthers, Eels. I got Panthers, but, man, this is, this is going to be a fantastic game. Um, the story going into this game uh, I feel like for the NRL as an advertisement, couldn't be a better opponent. The defending champions against the only team that has beaten them twice this year. The only team that Panthers haven't beat this year, Parramatta, who um, they made the point on commentary, last year Parramatta really limped into the finals. And while I think they had some, some good performances, you could tell. This time around, there's a different air about them. 
um, and they're really confident. And it's going to be a really good way to kick off the finals, which I assume they would the Friday yeah. night game. I think that's what everyone's expecting. Locked in, yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic way to kick it off. I, I go Penrith just because they've rested everyone this week, which which could be to their detriment. But I I think um, the return of Cleary from suspension, he'll be out to you know to make up for for uh, the last four weeks he's missed. Um, I. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a one-point affair, a golden point affair. Um, it's going to be a belter, that's for sure. I agree, mate. I agree. Perfect. You look at the Panthers, the rest of their players, but does that come into factor if they win? If they win this this clash, what, Nathan's played one game in seven weeks. You have a week off, you go to a prelim, you got to try and fire it up, got that continuity. But I love what you said about the Eels because they've – the last – Two, three years, they've come out of the gates just guns blazing, started the regular season amazing, and then they've just crumbled. But this year, I feel like, as you said, they're healthier, and they've got a bit of momentum anyway. They've come off, you know, two big wins against the Broncos, big win against the Storm. This is it, top four. They've improved from last year. I said at the start of the year for the Eels, if they can get to a prelim, it's a successful season, I think. They've made that next jump. If they win, they're 80 minutes away from doing that. And for me, you tick the box right next to them, you've made that next step. Definitely. You're 80 minutes away from a grand final. Anything can happen. Yeah. So I can't wait for this clash. I've got the Panthers as well. Um, we'll go for the like, downwards. So I've got Storm Raiders. So fifth versus eighth. Yep. Talk to me, mate. I know this is where I think out of all the games in the first week, if it stands, this is, the I think, the one we disagree on. And <laughs> I think, I know, I've gone Canberra, um, which is a, Dangerous thing to do with Canberra. But I think it'll just be a case of I saw what they were able to do to Melbourne in Melbourne earlier this season. Um, so I know they can. And I feel like Melbourne are in a position where they're down on confidence. They may be down on players. And it might just be meeting Melbourne at the right time for a Canberra side that uh, has a bit of momentum and nothing to lose. Um, so I, I'm going Canberra. Again, in a, in a close one, all these all these games, I would be shocked if there's a blowout winner. Yep, spot on. I messaged you last night. And I said I think every single game is going to be competitive. Jerome Hughes didn't play on Thursday night, calf injury. If he's busted up, I lean towards Raiders, but I just can't. I think we sat we sat here like five weeks ago. I just can't write Melbourne off. I'm going to look like an idiot. So. Yeah, it's true. That's right. Only one of us will look like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Mate, I hope the Raiders do win because they got the job done. This year down there, even two year, oh, 2019 when they got to, went to the yeah. grand final, first week of the finals, they knocked them off there. So they've got that, that history, that rivalry. Yeah. And it just leads to another great game. Like the NRL is licking their lips, in my opinion, if we get this formation, which we're, we're hoping for. Yeah. So love that. New stadium last night, Sydney Football Stadium. Good. The richest rivalry in the NRL. Roosters. B rabbits back to back weeks. I think this happened two years ago, mate. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Bunnies put fifty or sixty on them. Week one of the finals, Roosters come back swing and they get the W. So, what are we looking like here? Yeah. Just to, sorry to butt in. Just to say that, like, there were a lot of players out last night. We assumed the wingers are going to come back for the Roosters. Yep. Radley, does he come back? Cam Murray, nasty head knock. Eighteen seconds into that game, does he come back? Like, there's a. It's just mouth watering. Yeah. It's mouth watering. Yeah, it really is. Um... Roosters last night really just, they just came out of the gates and, and took it to the bunnies. I think all the hype of the new stadium, um, it was Luttrell's 
first game against the Roosters since um, the incident with Manu last year. So there was a lot there. And, my God, I've never seen Jared Rurea Hargreaves run so fast as when Luttrell had the ball and he was chasing him down. Um, <laughs> the one to the in goal? Yeah. Oh, oh he... There was nothing. Times. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Great stuff. Um, I've actually got South. I feel like... And I'm jumping the gun a bit here, but I think if Manu's out with that calf issue, that's a huge loss for the Roosters. I couldn't agree more. I think I've got the bunnies as well, mate. I don't know why. I'm, I just can't believe that if people said two or three weeks ago, one of these teams is going home week one. Like, I know you finished the bottom four. Matchups can happen, but you'd be scratching your head. Like, Roosters eight on the, eight on the trot in form competition. Before that, the bunnies, everyone was hyping them up, talking about them. Like, Latrell was coming. Like, when he came back from that injury, he was phenomenal. Yeah. One of these teams is going home. It's yeah. unreal. Like this week of finals, as you said, like Panthers, Eels, the rivalry, the West, Eels to beat Penrith, you know, twice this year, Storm Raiders, Roosters, Rabbitohs. It's, oh, I really hope we get this. So I've, I've got the bunnies as well. I've got the bunnies as well. I think last night when the troll went off, I felt like they just finished that game better. Sometimes I notice like when teams lose, I, I can like, I get this, I feel like I get this good understanding of like, when a team has a loss, like a good loss, I get more of a vibe and like I feel better about a team. It sounds weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I feel like you just in anything, you learn more um, from the failures and, and that than, than success. You don't want to repeat those. And I feel like that's South's mindset going into this next week is what did we do uh, right in the end that we couldn't do at the start? Uh, and if they can get that right, I think they're in with a real good shot. Yep. To Damian Cook, your point, I think he's essentially playing for a Kangaroos jersey. So yeah. massive game for him, massive game for them. And I guess the last comment, you said it off air about the new football stadium. You reckon it might have taken a bit of the buzz out last week to this week. Like they're going to expect it. They know it's coming. Yeah. The emotions might be settled down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think, you know, all the hype with the stadium, uh, people were, you know, really excited to be there. That was their fit. Um, the whole you know, thing throughout the week was South wanted to have a run on there. I don't think they ended up. Uh, the politest wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Um, but they've had that now. They know what to expect running onto that ground. Um, so I think they'll be better for it. Spot on. Second v third. Sharks v Cowboys. That's what we're expecting. As we said, we're going in a day early, mate. I love this sort of stuff. Bit of accountability. But yep. who have you got? I've got Cronulla. Um, I think they'll uh, they'll do enough to get past the Knights this weekend and secure that second spot. Um, and they'll be playing it uh, at Shark Park. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk in the last few days. You know, should the Penrith Para game be moved? Should the Sharks Cowboys game be moved? And I, I'm of the camp that. If you have earned the right to host a home final in that first week, because it's only the first week that, that they do this, you should play it at your home ground. Um, you've earned that right. Um, and I feel like uh, they've, I think they've lost once this year, and I think it was very early on. Um, at Shark Park? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so they've really made that a fortress this year, um, and I feel like, um, that'll be the advantage uh, going in against this Cowboys side. Spot on. This is another team with a bit of rivalry history. I think 2016. Yep. When the Sharks made the grand final, I think they went up there in the beat the Cowboys in the prelim off the yeah. top of the dome. Yep. So there's 
Pan uh, I'll say it one more time, mate. Panthers, Eels, Storm Raiders, Roosters, Bunnies, Sharks, Cowboys. I'm speechless. Yeah. It's so exciting. So we move on to week two. Panthers and Sharks, we've both agreed to get the week off. So yep. Eels v Storm. What a tough one for the Eels. You know, they've gone against Storm this week. If they lose to Penrith, if they lose to Penrith, and then they play, take on Storm again. Yeah. Three tough weeks of footy. Talk to me, Liam. What yeah. You um, I, I think Para. I think I've seen enough Ooh. from Para to nice uh, to show that even if they if they lose to Penrith, um, they will you know they'll be a rocket up their ass. Uh, they will come out the next week ready to tear whoever apart. Um, and I know I have Canberra in that scenario. Yeah, Melbourne. I don't think it matters. I, okay. I feel like um, I feel like Para would have shown enough there that especially at uh, Combank. Yep. I always get it mixed up. Um, they, they, they lift. They will, they will lift there. Um, and I don't think they're going out. Okay. We disagree again, mate. Yeah. Not disagree, but I've, I've got Melbourne just because I can't bring my term. I just can't doubt them. You know, we've talked about this on the show yeah. before. Yeah. And I, I think it's as simple as if Jerome Hughes plays, they're a very good sniff. I think it's like a 50-50 game. Yep. If he doesn't play, I lean towards para. But for the, for the sake of the argument, for the sake of yeah. the drill, I'll <laughs> stick with Storm. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just a cracker. Do you think with the Eels, I said at the start of the year, I think it's like their last roll of the dice kind of thing. The band's together. They miss some key players. Do you think all the talk's always been about finals, getting it done in big games, da-da-da. Does the pressure of now you're on your last life of footy, you know what I mean? Like, you lose, you go home, win or go home. Does that build with the narrative of, like, how long it's been since a premiership? Like, this is it? Or do you think they just, as you said, if they lose week one, they just, Brad Arthur's got them humming? Yeah, I, I feel like this, this time around, it'll be a sense of, um, I, don't, I don't think the pressure will them as it has in in recent years I, I think this time it'll be like we, we don't want to do that again we don't want to crumble you know if it's, it's our last chance okay then let's go right for it 110 percent I, I do tend to agree like they've maybe the last two or three weeks are a bit more not consistent but as long as they play direct for me they've got that power game i've got no issues like they're going to be in every game but yeah don't go lateral heels anyway cowboys v the bunnies Tough one up in Townsville. Yeah, they t uh, bunnies beat us last year in week one up in Townsville, yeah. I believe. Oh, they did. Yeah, I'd forgotten it was in Townsville. Yeah. What so. are we thinking? Ooh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've gone, I've gone Cowboys in this one because it's up there, and because Souths are going to play Roosters in in back to back weeks going into this game. Um, and I just think they might be worn out by the time it comes around. However, that they have won a finals game up there, they know how to do that. Um, and they showed against the Cowboys a few weeks ago. They can beat them. Yeah. Um, so, look, I'd go Cowboys, but it is, it is a hard one uh, to pick. I, I think whoever, whoever wins it will earn it. Okay, that brings us down to our final four, the prelims, mate. I've got a grand final rematch for me, Panthers-Rabbitohs, and you've got Panthers-Cowboys. Mm -hmm. 
I guess the question is, can anyone knock Penrith off before the grand final if they get there? Oh, definitely. I think it's possible. I think, you know, early on or midway through this season, that was the question. Uh, who can stop Penrith? I feel like there are enough teams that have turned up to show that on their day they, they can. Um, I think the big thing, and it's not just with Penrith, um, it'll be with or whoever gets that, that second week off. Um, because this is a final series with, you know, eight strong competitors, there won't be any easy games. So a week off is going to be such a gift. Um, I think Penrith, whether it's Cowboys, whether it's Rabbitohs, um, I think they get the job done just because they'll be more rested. Um, I think they, they know what it takes. I've, yeah, I've obviously got us to beat... The Bunnies, I'm probably more, I'd be more nervous taking on the Bunnies than the Cowboys. Maybe that sounds a bit disrespectful to the Cowboys fans. I just, if the Bunnies got that far, just their flamboyant attack, X Factor, they'd be going to be so hungry after last year. But, yeah, you've, I'm assuming, Panthers to beat the Cowboys for you, mate. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing with the Cowboys is, as good as they've been this year, and they've been fantastic, for a lot of these guys, it's their first final series. They've got such a young team. And it's a different game in the finals. So I'm really interested, interested to see how they uh, adapt to it. Yep. And I guess that's where, to the Cowboys, like if they could somehow, we're not obviously tipping it, but if they won week one, straight to a prelim, I think they get home. They would. Home court, home field, up at Suncourt. Yeah, big enough. It'd be, they'd get it at Townsville, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, wow, okay. Because they've got the big enough stadium now. Okay, I, I believe I believe they would qualify to get a home prelim. So, yeah, they get past the Sharks week one. A team that has played the week before has to go up north mm. in, you know, warm conditions. Um, that, will, that will be taxing throughout that game. That's against, like a grand against, finals right there. You can, you can see it. Yep. Yeah, the scenarios that, that can uh, be in play in this final series, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Love it, mate. Our second... Prelim, we've both got the Sharkies in there. I've got Storm Orioles. You've, you've obviously got the Eels. I'm 50-50 with Jerome Hughes and whatnot and injuries. Obviously, yeah, for the, for the, the exercise, I'm on the Storm. Yep. Do Sharkies go all the way? Yeah, I, I, I think they do. I, I've got them beating Para. Um, if that's Melbourne in that spot, you know, Cronulla and Melbourne, they have such a great recent rivalry. There's another one to add. To yeah, the I, they had a fantastic game earlier this year, I remember. Um, so that, that could be another absolute belter. Um, I think week off, I've already touched on that with Penrith. Um, I think Sharks have been really consistent this year. I don't recall them having a lull. And, and if it was, it wasn't as noticeable as maybe a para at some points or a Melbourne, as we've seen. Um, I don't think, sorry, it's a bunny. I don't think it's, I agree. Like, I don't think it's a lull in like regards to the result of a game. It might be a lull in a game where like, for example, two weeks ago, last week, they beat, it was 16-0. They beat the Doggies. Yeah. It wasn't, obviously weather comes into whatnot, but it's not like bang out of the gates, yeah. but they just managed to find a way to win mm. and grind. I feel like they've just got those leaders, McInnes, Vanuken. Anyway, keep yeah. going. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. Yeah, no, but no, you're right. That's that's probably their issue in in the games is like uh, when they're on top or 
um, when, when they're in that, that spot, um, can they go on with it? Um, I, I think they've got enough grit in that team. It, you know, your Finucans, your McInneses, um, Nico, um, they've got some great forwards. For Fafita's actually playing some of the best football of his career. Spot you on. know, he hasn't got a club for next year, but he'll get picked up. And they've got some great leaders there that I think will push them through that. Um, and I think Nico is so key to it all. I'm not going to lie, I had the storm in this matchup, but you've yep. twisted my arm. <laughs> I've got to be in the Sharks grand final. <laughs> you've twisted my arm, Liam. Up that, Melbourne. Just that you nearly, yeah, you nearly twisted my arm with the power as well. It's, oh, what a story it would be. What a story it would be. Um, what do you reckon? Panthers, Sharks, obviously you're going to say Penrith. We know yeah. that. We're both Penrith fans, but like, yeah, okay. let's try and juice it up a bit. What? Oh, of course. No, I mean, it's a, I think it'd be a wonderful grand final. This is, these are two teams that came in same year in 67. Um, and I, I think, you know, the majority of support would be with Cronulla in this game. Um, I think they're, you're they're, right. Actually, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the team that I, I feel like they've won a lot of goodwill um, this year. Um, actions of Nico specifically. I, I feel like um, they, they would be the, the underdog, the people's choice mm. um, and people that aren't Penrith. But uh, I think, I think it'd be a really good game. I do have Penrith, and that is mostly it is biased, but it's also just I, I can't can't deny just how dominant Penrith have been in this three year run, um, and the fact that they, I think they know what it takes to win a grand final and how it feels to lose one in such recent time. I think on Shark side of things, Nico Hines also has been in a culture when he was with Storm that knows how to get to a grand final. And I don't believe he got on the field in 2020, but he was part of that team. Um, Finucane's 1-1. The feeders 1-1. It's given as a a coach um, or as a player, he's won them. He's been part of the Roosters um, staff that have won it. So if they get there, I don't think they will be caught uh, in the spotlight. They will... They will rise up to it, and I think be in for a really good grand final. Perfect, mate. I just want to rewind it back two seconds. Imagine a Penrith Eels. Imagine if Eels get through. Penrith Eels, yeah. regardless, are going to be on opposite sides of the draw after week one. Yep. Uh, it, yeah. A core stadium, 80,000, 85,000 fans. Put some bloody tears up top. Make it 95,000. Get it. Jam everyone in. Yep. That would be incredible. It would. That would be, wow. As I said, that's just our predictions, mate. Just our little preview, breaking down the bracket. We'd probably get dusted in week one like we always do, you yeah, know? Probably. <laughs> probably. We put ourselves out there. But, um, yeah, I just hope we just get a good final series. As I said, the to- in my opinion, the top eight is so tight, talented. Teams one to, one to eight, all of them can win on their day, in my opinion. Yep. It's going to come down to that first week, crucial, getting that week break, get to a prelim, but who knows? Um, any dark horse, I guess? Is there, all right, is there a team in the bottom half of the eight that you think could go over the way? Because everyone's been talking about Roosters, Rabbitohs. Unfortunately, one of those teams are going home. Yeah, I, I feel like if there's a dark horse in that bottom, to me, it's one of those teams. Yep. Um, let's say Roosters, 
let's say roosters get through um because then and and let's 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 just say manu's issue keeps him out maybe uh week one but it's good enough for week two suddenly manu's back in the team you got swali's back tupo's back bradley's back um you know they suddenly this rooster side um starting to feel complete again and they will face let, let's say um let's say North Queensland get over Cronulla. Suddenly it's Cronulla Roosters in that second week. It's going to be in Sydney. It, you know, it, it can't be at Shark Park. It's either at Allianz or it's at uh, Acor. So Roosters won't feel too uncomfortable in that, in that arena. Suddenly they get past that. And then with momentum, Roosters go on and they play a Penrith or a Parramatta. Um, once again, they don't have to go far. They're either going... Mm to a core or uh, combake, and they can get through that. I've seen enough in recent weeks to say this rooster side. Go all the way. I couldn't agree more spot on. It throws a sprinter in the works. It's, yeah, I'm so excited. Any other comments or should we move on to our, our little World Cup chat? Yeah, I think, I think we, can, we can move on. Beautiful. So are you down in the dumps? Have you had a big night on the tools working overtime? Are you struggling to get that boner up? You know, the back end of a Larienda? You need an energy boost. And the best energy boost is with Dr. V. 100% natural. That's right, 100% natural. The Bender Mender. Siberian extracts, delicious. On the playbook, we love to be better. And with Dr. V, you're going to be better. And we're looking after you. Visit drv.com.au. That's right. Promo code PATTY, P-A-T-T-Y, and you're going to get 20% off. It's simple. Fix your game up in the bedroom. Bounce back better than ever. 100% natural. Energy drink. Dr. V, the bender mender. Be better. Let's rip into the podcast. The World Cup, obviously, at the end of the year. I wanted just to predict our teams or squads and just have a discussion about who we think is going to be there. Yep. Um, You've got some other nations you want to talk about? Yeah, well, just briefly. Just briefly. Just because the, I mean, we could be here for hours and yeah. hours if we went through the depths of each squad and who's going to represent Greece from, you know, mm-hmm. tier whatever um, competitions in Europe. Like, it, it's just too hard. Yep. So I think focusing on the Australian squad and maybe just some of these key people to look out for in the World Cup from those sides. Spot on. I guess we quickly touch base on... The word eligibility, I don't really like to dive into it. I'm actually sick of saying that word now in rugby league. Yeah, yeah, it's tiring. (laughs) Listeners, jump on Google. You're going to find your junior ballers, Victor Radleys, people like that, high-profile elite players. They're going to play for not Australia, different tier nations. So, yeah, that's why certain players obviously aren't in our team. So, Liam, do you want to break down your Australian team or squad or how do we want to do this? Yeah, I mean, I... Off air, we kind of ran through it a bit, and I feel like we've got a very similar okay. kind of squad. So I think going through our back five, you've got Teddy at the back, um, Joseph Sawali and Josh Adokar, the wingers, uh, Latrell Mitchell and Valentine Holmes. That's kind of our back line. I agree. Um, Sorry to butt in. That's yep. just another thing. Like um, Valentine Holmes, there's reports out there that he might try and um, play for the Cook Islands. Yep. Um, I guess that brings in who would be your next centre. Is it a Dane Gagai if that happens? Or yeah, you could is get, it a Tommy T? 
maybe, or do you think Manly to shut him down? Is it a Jackie Boy Whiten? I, I, I think for mind, it's between Gago and Whiten. I, I feel like with Tommy, um, especially with how Manly things have gone, they really want to focus on uh, next, next year. I know Josh Schuster's pulled out for Samoa because he wants to do that. So I, I'm just going to rule Tommy out just for, I, I think it might just be a bit too much. Maybe if it was over here, maybe going over to England as well, um, just, just unneeded for, for him in this off season. And I feel like um, I would go with Whiten um, purely because I think Whiten also gives you another option as a utility um, if that was the case. So uh, Holmes, Holmes is my first choice if he chooses Australia over the Cook Islands. Otherwise, I'd probably just slot Whiten in. Perfect. Um, the halves, mate. We'll talk about Suli at the end because there's yeah. big discussions yeah, that came yeah, out yeah, this we'll week. Get to, oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, Munster is a no-brainer. Um, I, I, I'm actually trying to, sorry to bite in, trying to think who would wear the six if he wasn't there. Yeah. Like, I can't. No, it's, I mean, you could probably, you'd say maybe, or do you pull like a, a halfback into the six? But I, I don't think it's anywhere near as competitive as the seven. Um, and in the seven, I've got Cleary. And I, I, know, I know the discussion of, and I, and I know your point of view, because and I... I've been uh, blasted for this. Yeah, well, I, I, but, but I share it. And it's, it's not, <laughs> oh. yeah. The Cherry Evans, he, for me, is, yeah, along with Ben Hunt, yes, he's that other option there. And I have Cherry Evans absolutely going with the side over to England. In the squad, spot yeah, on. Yeah, play, play, play in a pool game, 100%. Same. Even a spot on the bench, that's, that's fine. Same. Um, I just feel like he, you need to earn the Australia jersey, not just in origin, but throughout the whole year. And I have not seen enough from him with Manly. Um, And I was very sympathetic towards him during everything that was going on at Manly because I thought he handled himself really well and I thought he tried. Even last night, he was phenomenal. He was. was, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at some point, can't ignore that Cleary is, you know, the best young halfback in the world. And he is the future of that Australian jersey. So when do you give it to him? I think send them both and give Cleary his chance. If, if he gets over there and he's struggling, put Cherry Evans in. That's fine. Couldn't agree more. But I feel like with what Cleary has done with New South Wales, and Penrith over the last three years, he's earned that Australian jersey. And I know Mao is a big fan of Cherry Evans, um, but at some point you kind of what's going on. So theory for mind. Then what happens in four years' time, next World Cup, you know, mm. and then he's 28. Anyway, oh, yeah, I agree. I've got him there. I think they're both going to obviously be in the squad, fly over. Yep. We'll go with the hooker rotation, the 14-9. We've yep. both got the same same blokes. I think we talked about yep. this in prior podcasts. What have we got here, mate? Yep. So I think we, same, like you said, same players just uh, swapped around. So I know I started with Ben Hunt in the nine. I thought what he did for Queensland. And going off my chairman's point, I think Ben Hunt for the Dragons in a, in a you know less talented team has shunned. 
Yep. Um, he's been fantastic. Um, so I would give him the shot in nine, and I would have Harry uh, do the rotation with him like they did for Queensland in the number 14 jersey. Well, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but obviously the squad, 24-man squad. Yep. Ben Hunt's going to be there regardless if he's yep. going to be a backup Absol- hooker, absolutely. a backup half. Absolutely. Can an Appy Corris out? Can a Damien Cook slot into this squad, or is that too many guys at the nine? I'm trying to figure out how they go with this. I had Cook slash Corris out as I wouldn't take both. I'd take one okay. as like a backup uh, hooker kind of uh, player. Yeah, it's a tough one because thing too is Appy would be eligible for Fiji. Um, and it just depends whether he wants to, because he is a good chance of making a 24-man Australia side. Um, but yeah, I feel like you can take Cook or Coruscant in that extended squad, but I feel like it would be a waste to take both. I agree. Yeah. Well, then I asked that, is a Ben Hunt, let's just say Damien Cook, Harry Grant, Leary, Munster, and DCE, that's six guys out of your 24, is that enough? Depth for the halves and hooker, you know what I mean? Well, that's, yeah. What's that 25% of your squad in two or three positions? Is that too many, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I wouldn't exceed it. Okay. I, I feel like, and the thing too is those players are durable. So I'm not worried um, too much about injuries and that they can play through. Um, but yeah, it, you know, you have the question, uh, is it too many um, that maybe, you know, do you, lose a spot in a front row or an outside back where, you know, you may need an extra person there. Um, I, I think because someone like a Hunt can play the, you know, in the halves and in the hooker, and I, I, I see Hunt playing, you know, in a 13 if you needed him to, just because that, he's that hardworking and tough. What about... Just coming to the top of the dome, we talked about the Sharks before, but like a Nico Hines, has he done enough? Arguably buy of the year. Yeah, Jackie Boy White, I've thought like he, he might be in the squad, White. So he could fill in at that six. Like there's going to be someone or two players that are so unlucky. Maybe does DC fall out? I think he's probably going to be there regardless of the incumbent. Yeah. And but is there, how old is he? 32, 33 now maybe? Yeah, he's, he's up around that 30. So... Yeah. Do you look at a Nico? He can play six, just for backup wise. Obviously, that's mm. exciting. It's, Maybe. Yeah, it is, and it's it's why with the and I don't want to talk about it too much with the eligibility. This is the thing where I've never worried early as the season was going on, and it was just like um, X player is going to represent Tonga, X player is going to represent Samoa. I'm like, good, strengthen those other sides because if you yeah. look at our depth in the Australian side, there is talent that, you know, keep going down. Good players are going to miss out. That's, that's why, you know, these players do, uh, you know, end up representing these uh, second-tier uh, countries just because getting to the Australian squad is still a bloody tough thing to do. Bloody oath, mate. And I guess we talk about the Australian squad and depth. It's our big boys. That's what people are kind of concerned about or our main not main issue, but we're obviously flushed with outside backs and yeah. al- along the spine. Our props, obviously, yeah, Papa Leahy and Junior Bolo, they've both ruled themselves out. So we, we agreed off air Payne Haas, first guy selected in the front row, picks himself. Yeah, def- I think so. And who have you got the other starting 
Yeah, so I had um, Jakey Trevojevic. Nice. I, I think um, uh, when he was not picked for Origin, you noticed he wasn't there. And once he was back, you bloody noticed he was. So I even if he uh, comes off the bench, I think he has to be in your 17. And he's probably the type of guy, I think he'll be in the squad, but he'll just hit the trips together, good energy, yeah. good leader. Like, yeah. on the road, things might get tough or whatever, you know what I mean? Same, same reason you have Adokar back in there. Yeah, um, I won't touch him too much, but that's why you have him in there. Because, yep. it, you know, you've seen it, what he's done with the dogs this year. It's that leadership quality. And, yes, they're going. it's a team that's going over to England. If there's young players, you know, that get a bit excited um, ahead of this tournament, mm. and, you know, this sense of maybe, uh, you know, we're Australia, we're going to dominate in that. And you have need players like a Jake Trevojevic who can pull you in, yep. keep you focused on what's ahead. Bloody earth. It's crazy, hey, like, if we'd be sitting here five years before saying, like, a Josh Adokar, like, a winger would have such an impact on a team and an influence and a leader. It's obviously the way the wingers have gone now. They're like an extra front rower. Yeah. But he's been phenomenal for the doggies, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, with- I, I, I think he's been more impressive on a, in a leadership aspect than, than as a player. And Same. I feel like that's what's really going to benefit this team in the years to come. Yep, spot on, mate. The back row. Asai Yo, we've said it all year. I think it's been, everyone's saying the last two years, I think for the last three years, it's second to none. He's the best lock forward in rugby league. Yep. I don't even think that's questionable. He'll be wearing the 13. Yep. The back row is interesting, though. The, mm. the edge back rowers, second rowers. Who have you got, mate? Yep. So I've got Kurt Capewell and Cam Murray. Um, I think Cam Murray, like you said, Yo holds down that lock position. Um, so Murray, like he's done for his state, um, I think slips into that that twelve jersey or eleven, um, and you know he he can he's proved he can do a good job there. Uh, Capewell, um, I think, despite way Broncos season uh, has gone, has shown this year that maybe second to Reynolds, he's their their best buy, um, and he will give you a sense of uh, reliability and. Um, he's also a player who can play in the centres, you know, in the middle of a match if something goes wrong. And I think that's very important to have that. So whether he's starting in that second row, like I've got him, or coming off the bench, I think he adds tremendous worth. Perfect, mate. I, I agree. Um, obviously, Ben Hunt, Harry Grant, 14. So who are your three front rowers or benchies? Um, yep. Forwards, sorry, or benchies. Yep. yep. So I had, along with Grant, I had uh, Patrick Carrigan, Sam, Big Tino, Sam, and Angus Crichton. Uh, just because I wanted to uh, have an extra uh, second rower on that bench, um, I think we talked about off air. This spot could go to Lee, like a Liam Martin. Um, I feel like Crichton might get it just uh, with experience, maybe just to edge him out. But either either one, uh, I think they're very similar players in terms of the effort they give. But um. Yep, I've got Tino starting. You've got Jakey starting. So we've we've got the same team, just starting or benching. Um, I've got Patrick Carrigan there. He is fucking phenomenal. I love him. I think you said it on a podcast before. Oh, he's he's going to be in a Kangaroos captain down I'm, the track. I mean, you can't not have him in this side after being man of the series in his rookie year. You just can't. Yep, spot on. And then I'm the same. I've got Angus Crichton starting. You've got him on the bench. You've got Capewell starting and Liam Martin. I think those three guys, two of them, will be fighting for those yep. positions. But I think all three, if healthy, will most likely be in the squad. But I guess if we talk about the squad, maybe a Jeremiah Nanai, if we think of other back rowers, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, he was, I think he's been a huge part of the Cowboys' success this year. And, you know, look, if he was in the extended squad, I, I wouldn't bat an eye. 
I think. Uh, I don't know what his uh, eligibility um, would be for uh, whether it's a Samoa or a Tonga. I think Samoa, but I think, I think it's yeah. a Samoa. But um, I, I believe he wasn't going to decide that until after the Cowboys season. So, but look, if, if he's if he's there, he's a fan, another fantastic. Uh, my last little question about eligibility: Do you actually know if, like, say, if they put their hand forward for the Kangaroos, but they don't make their squad, they can go, we'll jump over the, the yeah, other side? It, it's a tough one. I or was do just, you have to fully be in? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I I think you might be able to um if you're not selected in that 24 or however many uh go over um i I think i'm just trying to think back to the last world cup if there were similar scenarios um for me for the greater of the game api corosa doesn't get picked mate go to fiji jeremiah and anna if you don't get picked go to samoa like for the greater of the game like i know it might send people the wrong way but i think for the world cup it should be you've got your first preference yeah if you don't get it, second preference. Yeah, and I think if, if you, that team wants you, like if you get selected. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if Appy doesn't make the squad, BG are absolutely going to want to play him because they want to win. Oh. Um, and and I think um, the main thing in the international rugby league is strengthening these other nations that aren't your Australia, New Zealand, England. J- just because we've had so many years of that, that being the top three, and you know a bit of distance between the rest of the field. We've seen Samoa, we've seen Tonga kind of come. And even Fiji, I feel like, have been a bit mm. um, under, under the radar. But they, they've got a fantastic squad um, uh, themselves. Um, and I think they've made the semi-final the last two World Cups. So, look, I, I would hope that any players that can get themselves a spot in the World Cup do, because I still believe it should be a showcase of the best rugby league players in the world. Spot on, mate. Um, I guess we'll start to wrap the show up quickly. What Australia are obviously favourites yep. to win the World Cup. What teams do you see most competitive or are you scared of? It's obviously the Kiwis, their spine. Yeah. What they did this year, Joey Manu runs over 400 metres at fullback. Smithy, the cheese at nine. And then Jerome Hughes with Dylan Brown. <laughs> Dylan Brown. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, the, the Kiwis look very... Um, Strong this year, adding Fisher Harris in uh, and Hargraves together in a team. <laughs> Two enforcers, Papali'i. Yeah, Papali'i with um, he'll be rapping Samoa, I believe. And then, oh, is it? no, no, um, Asai Papali. Oh, Asai. Yeah, um, yeah. You just go through that New Zealand squad, and yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be a tough one. I think England's an interesting one. We know Victor mm. Radley's pledged his allegiance. Um, other players like uh, Josh Hodgson, if he's yes. um, able to. Um, Jackson Hastings is eligible for them and I think would be a really good weapon for them. You know, your Tongas, you've got uh, your leaders in that team, your Tamalolos, uh, Kaloa Matangis, you know, exciting guns, Katoni Staggs, Talatawa Moan, Ola Kawatu, they are fantastic. Um, Samoa with the Penrith influence of Jerome Luai, Brian To'o, Stephen Crichton, um, and then Junior Paulo Papali'i. Um, you know, Fiji with Kikau, possibly Coruscant, big Mike Acevo, um, the really exciting young prospect we saw for them earlier this year, Sunia Taruva. I think it's, it's really exciting looking across at some of these Pacific countries. Mate, you nailed it on the head. I think it's amazing. What, the last World Cup, I think Australia beat England, was it like 8-4 or 12-6 or something? Yeah. It was so low scoring it up was. with Suncorp. Yeah. 
Um, you talked about England, if they get those, you know, key players in the spine, that'll yeah. be interesting because they've got that tough... Those Pommies, they fucking rip in. They love and, it. And, and, the big, <laughs> and the big thing with them is they're going to have home ground advantage. There you go. Out of Wembley, I'm assuming the final will be out of Wembley. Oh, yeah, it'd have to be. I'll be... Yeah, if yeah. they get there, I think New Zealand are good. But for me... Obviously, it depends on the matchups and the draw and stuff, but I can see Samoa going to a final. Definitely. I'd, that's my pick to Australia and Samoa. That's just a little bold prediction. Yeah. I just think this Samoan team yeah. is, with all their eligibility, they're stacked. They're fantastic. And I guess Tongan, Tongan fans, Tongan people won't like this, but I feel like they're slowly going to take over Tonga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both absolute, uh, absolutely showing that they're, two powerhouses in that Pacific. And, you know, both of them are really challenging those top nations. Uh, but I think, I think you're right. I think Samoa's just at the moment starting just to pull a little bit ahead. Mm. But, you know, Tonga will, um, they'll pull, pull right back at some point. Yep. And I guess it's interesting at the start of the year, there was rumours about the Johns brothers wanting to coach Samoa. Maybe they knew in their back pocket all along what's going to happen or the players yeah. they had in there. Yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. Wing. I mean, it, it's an insane <laughs> list of talent in that Samoan side. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, I think it's, it, it's a positive thing that so many like you, Luai's and your Tottos were so adamant um, to be like, I'm representing Samoa. We talk about Samoa. We talk about a young superstar in the NRL. We're going to wrap the show up. Joseph Suali'i. He's eligible for Samoa. I'm pretty sure he can play for the Kangaroos as well. Yeah. Liam, the news this week, it comes across our desk that Rugby Australia has offered him rumors, numbers, five-year, $10 million deal. Astronomical. Yep. World Cup, rugby, next year, home soil. Wow. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? In my opinion, NRL can't offer him that kind of money. Rugby Australia, there's no salary caps wise. Yeah. Um, a lot of people saying Stu Elite is obviously following that Sonny B. Williams kind of mold. Yeah. A lot of people saying he could be the best cross-code international player ever. Like yeah. he's just a freak. Um, yeah. I, we talked off air. I guess my first question to pose towards you is the NRL, is the Australian Rugby League getting him in his ear? Giving him a little nudge, mate. Joseph Suali'i, he's your first winger picked. Get him in this Kangaroos team. Keep him in this system. Keep him in rugby league. Union is knocking at the door. Yeah. Lock him in. Yeah. No, I, I, I think so. I, um, whether it's telling him directly that, you know, he should be at Australia squad or just suggesting, look, you know, this is a talent for our game for years to come. It will benefit, you know, this Australian side. And it might be a case of, listen, now, maybe you're not thinking about Suwali for this World Cup, but I promise you, the way he is going at this young age, he will feature for Australia in the World Cup at the next one and the one after that. So take him over, show him, you know, that rugby league is, and this is Volandis, him saying, because Volandis is very <laughs> adamant that every other code in Australia can, can, can do, a, do one. So, yeah, I, I think he will be adamant about sending him in that squad and doing, you know, all they can to keep him away from rugby. Um, I think the thing was rugby did have him. Yes. And he came to, came to league. Um, I hope we can keep him. Um, but, yeah, the, like you said, 
the NRL wouldn't be able to match what rugby are offering. Um, but uh, I, I think at the moment for his career, I still think there's far more of a benefit to him staying league. I agree. I'm actually terrified though. I feel like he's gone. Well, if we try and break it down even more, Roosters wise, mm. Suali, he wants to play fullback. Yeah. He's going to demand a million plus a year. That's just the nature of the matter. It's, it's pretty simple. Maybe he does take a pay cut for the first few years at the Roosters and he's promised that next fullback jersey. But Manu, Teddy, Suali'i, someone's going to have to go. Yeah. For them, like, to realistically, you've got, not unless, you know, Kiri Walker, not unless Kiri goes kind of, and you put Manu at six, like, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. I, I just don't know what the answer is. And, like, I'm... I love watching rugby union, like when the Wallabies play. Yeah. And like a World Cup at home, like it's the biggest stage. Like international oh, is. rugby is phenomenal. Yeah. International rugby trumps international rugby league. Absolutely. Easily. Easily. So your home ground, World Cup at home, like that's, that's the tippity top. Like I love rugby league, mate, but that's the tippity top. To get that honour, you sign five years with rugby, you come back at 24 years old, rugby league, and you rip and tear. Yeah. You're ready for another World Cup or whatnot. Yeah. I just don't know, like, I, I think he's gone. I'm going to say it. I think he's gone, unfortunately. I don't want it to happen. I want him to stay. Yeah. And then I guess that, yeah, do you have any comments to that? Or I guess, I guess the benefit of that is, like you say, five years, and if he came back, he, he would be only 24. It, it's, <laughs> it's insane thinking how young he is Yeah. Um, when how talented he is. Um, yeah, so I think he's got a lot ahead of him. So if he thinks um, that he would you know, rather make the jump now um, to play in that World Cup, to be in that uh, premier international stage. Um, look, if he did, good on him. I, I just wonder on a domestic level with rugby, that, that's where the issue is with rugby is domestically, what, uh, how he would develop as a, as a player. Um, I just I, I am very high on Trent Robinson and the system in place of the Roosters. Um, so it's given you a bit more hope that he... Yeah, I, I think... It, put it this way. I feel more confident him staying in league, being in the Roosters, than if he was at the moment in Souths. Great point. Um, so if, if, if he goes, um, I imagine it will be a scenario where he would return to the... You know, salary cap allowing, return to the Roosters... Um, if he chose to come back, um, just because of uh, Trent Robinson. But, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting one to, to watch to see how this all plays out. Perfect, mate. I've got two more quick questions. Are you worried about any other players being poached? A Cam Murray, a Payne Haas, Angus Crichton, boys that have that? Because they've come out pretty heavy, like they the have. Rugby Australia, like we want players, World Cup, yep. let's go. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. I, I feel like with Cam Murray, I feel like it's past um, because he's there's so much room at South at the moment. Like he's um, captain. captain. Um, I feel like he's so ingrained in rugby league at the moment that I'm not too worried with Cam. Um, I feel like he had his time playing Union um, at a younger age. Uh, Payne Haas one is interesting just because there's so much like unsettled um, talk about him um in brisbane at the moment um would he want to go you know 
home to New South Wales. Is he a player you could see getting, you know, picked up by rugby and then being uh, a strong player for maybe like a Waratahs? Um, and, and yeah, being someone they take over to the World Cup. I, I could see Haas probably is the most likely out of those. Uh, Crichton, I think, I'll go back to the other point, Suwali, being in the Rooster system, I think he's happy there at the moment. Yeah, Payne Haas, that's the one for me as well. There's been a bit of, bit of noise coming out of the papers with that one. Um, just to end up my last question, Suwali, the whole thing, what's your take and what's your opinion and or do you have one on the whole? His contract having all these clauses, he can like get out after a year whenever he wants, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Pretty much the club's bending over backwards for him. A lot of people are having an uproar. I personally don't see anything wrong with it. If a club signs, they know all the clauses. They, yeah. you know, they sign the, the fine line. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you know, clauses like that, they're becoming more and more common. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. As long, I, I think it's important to those clauses to be known. Like, yes. hey, like publicly know. or... Um, so, yeah, somewhat publicly, uh, depending on the clause. Uh, yeah. But oh, I think members of those clubs should know so that you don't get a situation in which suddenly a player like Suwali suddenly goes and, you know, fans are left wondering why and then mm. the club has to explain, yeah. you know, well, we put in this clause in yeah. this contract and da-da-da-da-da. If you know that's there, um, it's a bit, you know, easier to, to take if it does happen. Um but no, I, I don't feel like there's too much of an issue with it. As long as it's all, you know, above board, legal, yeah. um, nothing shady that, that puts other teams at a disadvantage by something, as long as it's something all teams could offer, yes. that, um, that just because maybe you're this club, um, you know you can do that because another club uh, can't promise it. I think once you get into that, it starts to become a bit murky. Yeah. Um, I know we have that with like the third party stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as it's legal on a fair playing ground, if awesome. you sign it, it's in a contract of clause. Both parties agree. Yep. It's just how it is. I agree. There's been a lot of uproar. I guess we saw it with the KP situation. Like he had to make his, um, had to decide what his future was with the club before like June 30 or whatever it was around that time of the year. Yeah. Um, and then on other sides, like, you look at it a player perspective, I'm pretty sure Aaron Woods had one in his contract that he had to play 15 or 16 games this year to get his player option for next year. Yes. And Dragons, their season's over, and I'm pretty sure he got named last week to play to top those games over or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Dragons, um, Hook could have just sat him down and said, mate, we don't need you this week. We'll let some young guys, you know, rip in, and he doesn't yeah. get his player option. So, like, it works both ways. Yeah. Pro player, pro club. You're never going to win. I think you nailed it on the head. As long yeah. as both parties come to terms, they agree, they know it's there. Yeah. I like the idea of it being public for certain matters. And, yeah, keep the members happy and let yeah. the boys rip in. So I think so. What a blast, Liam. Any last comments? We've done our – it's been a bit longer than expected, but it's good. Yeah. Our NRL bracket finals, yeah. they're here September. We love it. And then the World Cup, little team, team selection process for us, little discuss a few other teams. And, yeah, it's yeah. – Hopefully, Suli stays. Yeah, I guess once we get closer to the World Cup after the season's end, we might have a look at things and, you know, see, you might have a few more talking points. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We'll get you back on for sure. Maybe two or three weeks into the finals, we'll reassess things and see how our tips are going and we'll get you back on and <laughs> yeah, no, maybe no. break down a grand final or something. We'll, yeah. Sounds no, good. It's been awesome, mate. Appreciate your time like always and see you soon. Yep, see you soon, mate. Let's go.
Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.